You are about to enjoy a presentation recorded at the 2021 Michigan Conference Camp Meeting held at Cedar Lake, Michigan. We pray that the Lord will bless you as you listen. Our great God, our dear loving Heavenly Father, Lord, we praise you and we thank you for this privilege to worship you and to call you our Father. Lord, as we begin this, uh, this worship this morning, Lord, I ask that may you prepare our hearts. May you cleanse our hearts, cleanse our thoughts. And Lord, I pray that may you wash us from all the worries, from all the burdens and all the cares that should not be in our hearts and in our minds. We only want to see Jesus. We only want to think about Jesus today. Dear Father, I pray that may you give us an eye single only for your glory. Fixed only upon Jesus, whose eyes is fixed on us. Once again, dear Father, I pray that you, may you hide me behind your cross, that I may not be seen nor be heard, but Jesus and Jesus alone be seen, be heard, be lifted up and exalted. Dear Father, we pray, please fill us with your spirit. We ask this in the loving and precious name of your son, Jesus, all your children say, Amen. Friends, this morning, I'd like to focus on, on the last, one of the last important things that Jesus left with his disciples. One of the last very passionate prayers of Jesus. And this is one thing that I realized as I was reading this last portion of, of Christ's life, especially in Desire of Ages. You see the Lord's desire to leave this message to his disciples and especially to his church. This is one thing I, I realized too. This is the most powerful evangelism strategy that Jesus has given us. And somehow, we have overlooked it. We've been so focused on a lot of things, but not on the simple strategy of God. Remember, His ways are ridiculous in our eyes. Huh? Because they're too simple. They're, it's, it's too simple to work. But my dear friends, God's ways are the only one that works. Amen. So, John 17 verse 11. You have your Bibles with you. This is just a very quick, this is not a deep study, and I want, and I want for, for you, brothers and sisters, if you have time, dwell on these thoughts. It says here, and now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. This is Jesus praying to his Father in Gethsemane. Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be what? That they may be one as we are. Let's jump to verse 21. That they may all be one. As you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. That the world may believe that you sent me. In this oneness, in this unity that Jesus desires for his disciples. You know the story. <laughs> You know the bickering. You know the competition between the disciples. And Jesus was praying for them. He was not praying for provision. He was not praying for miracles for his disciples. What his biggest desire was is for his disciples to be one. Did you get this? That was Jesus' heaviest desire for his disciples. And I believe, my dear friends, that this is Jesus' heaviest desire for his church. Can you say amen? Friends, I looked up the SDA Bible commentary. Uh, it says here, may be one. Listen, 
the unity springing from the blended lives of Christians would impress the world of the divine origin of the Christian church. Let me read that again. The unity springing from the blended lives of Christians would impress the world of the divine origin of the Christian church. Would impress the world. I remember one pastor's wife, she was Vietnamese. She was married to a Chinese. She's a Vietnamese Chinese. And you know the story of, of the war in Vietnam, especially when the, when the country closed, closed down and there's no aid coming from, from anywhere else. Even, even planes that would drop somehow AIDS will be bombed. And he said, Jem, during that time, food, food was, was just like gold. People will kill for food, friends. People will kill for food. And you could see people dying in the streets in hunger. And she said, but there's this one group of people who secretly brought their food in one place and share it with one another. You know who these people are? Seventh-day Adventists. And she said, I joined the church, not because of they were, what they were teaching, not because of, of the Bible study. I joined the church because I saw something that I have not seen outside. Friends, this is what it means. This is what it looks like when God's church are united. Can you say amen to that, friends? The biggest evidence and verse 22, and the glory which you gave me, I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. Friends, from the book Testimony Treasures, volume 1, page 45, it says, The Lord is greatly dishonored when disunion exists among his people. Wow. The Lord is greatly dishonored when disunion exists among his people. Friends, as a church, have we dishonored God? We have. Have we dishonored Him? Yes, we have. The unity that God requires must be cultivated day by day if we would answer the prayer of Christ. The prayer of Christ that we would be what? One. It says here, it should be cultivated day by day. It should be intentional. It should be in our minds. Friends, is, are we intentional of really bringing the church together at the foot of the cross, really praying for unity, really praying for oneness? This is the Lord's, the Lord Jesus' desire before he left his disciples. And I believe this is Jesus' desire even until now, especially now. Can you say amen, friends? So it says here that this union that is striving for existence among those who profess to believe the last message of mercy to be given to the world must find no place. It would be a fearful hindrance to the advancement of God's work. Friends, let me remind you of the graph that you saw a few days ago. Remember that graph that it's all blue? That is an evidence that the work of the Lord has been hindered. If we still somehow turn away from that and pretend that we are doing okay, my dear friends, we're going nowhere. We will be going nowhere if we will not heed, if we will not heed the call of Jesus that his church should be one. Friends, his servants are to be one as Christ is one with the Father. Their powers illuminated, inspired, and sanctified must be united to make a complete whole. Those who love God 
and keep his commandments are not to draw apart. They are to press together. Can you say amen? Friends, this is what social distancing has somehow prevented us from. But I praise God for Michigan camp meeting. We could draw closer together again. Amen? I always invite people in the prayer room, let's press together. Let's just imagine we're Filipinos stuck in a jeepney. Come. I always say that. And my sister Melody tells me, Jem, we are not in the Philippines. (laughs) But friends, you know what? God is good. This is what He desires for us. And I believe most of you are coming here every morning because of the fellowship that you have experienced here on the solid floor. Can you say amen to that? My dear friends, time will come that there would be not even a flat surface. Huh? We will not be in this, in this contained environment. Maybe we'll bring our, our cushions somewhere, but that we will not be able to bring our cushion. We will be kneeling down on an even surface, maybe on pointed rocks. But the fellowship would be better than this. Can you say amen to that, friends? Friends, God's people are to press together. I remember this, this story that, uh, that was shared to us. And uh, my sister Mel sent this uh, email to me. So the title of this story was A Wall of Fire. And it really blew my mind. I don't know if you know this, this story, friends. This happened in, in 2000 in uh, Tanzania, Indian Ocean coast of Tanzania. And this group of young people wants to evangelize this, this village. And this village is, is like 8,000 in population. But this is a very spiritualistic village. They believe in a lot of superstitions. And most of them, majority of this uh, inhabitants here are non-Christians. And they're hostile. But this group of young people came together and said, let's bring this, this village to the foot of the cross. So you know what they did, friends? Like you did every morning. Like what you're doing in every morning. They come together and pray. And one time they were on the shores. And the village officials somehow sent a group of young people to beat up. This group of Adventists who are praying. But while this group of, of young people are trying their, their way, are trying their best to, to somehow go and destroy the peace that this group of young people are doing, you know what, what happened? They were not able to penetrate because they saw a wall of fire surrounding this, this people. They saw a wall of fire. They did not succeed. But this, but this villagers, they are determined. Now, they were assigned to, to somehow disrupt the meetings. So in this, in this open area where they are doing the evangelistic series, they saw that uh, all the equipments are there. So they said, we will steal that. Friends, on that night that they were trying to steal it, they saw a very tall man, not as tall as me, but taller, who's wearing a white robe and holding a flaming sword going back and forth, guarding the equipment. They did not succeed. Now, the elders who are giving them the instructions are thinking, they could not, this young people, this, this young assassins could not accomplish the task. So they themselves came, and they came with, with somehow pomp, 
they wore their, their regalia head to toe and they were planning somehow to take out the speaker, the young man. And while they were walking, while they were approaching this young man, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, friends, these two elderly men who's, who's dressed to somehow <laughs> wiped out the meeting came running towards the man, but they ran around him and passed him and saying, it's, I'm burning, I'm burning, I'm burning. Friends, there was no fire. And later on, later on, they gave their testimony. They saw a wall of fire surrounding the speaker while they were approaching. And that's if the fire was going through them. And friends, this group of young people continued what they were doing. And later on, people were asking them, even those assassins that were asked to disrupt the meeting, asked them, what is your secret? What power did you invoke? What superstition is this? And they said, no, we don't believe in superstitions. We serve a living God of heaven. And we have the protection of divine angels. But dear friends, this group of superstitious villagers saw God protecting these people. Why? They were pressed together. Friends, Zechariah 2 verse 5, it says, For I, says the Lord, will be a wall of fire all around her, and I will be the glory in her midst. Can you say amen to that, friends? I, the Lord, will be a wall of fire. And this is one thing that I realize, friends. When God's people come together, the wall of fire goes up. <laughs> I experienced this back in the Philippines while I was leading out a prayer session. And, and one of, of the non, non-Adventist attendee, while I was leading out, she began crying. She began crying, friends. And, and I asked my friend, who's, who's also a, gir- a girl, go comfort her. And later on, after, after all the prayer session was done, she told me, Jem, I'm sorry to disrupt, to disrupt the meeting. You know why I was crying? Yeah, because I opened my eyes. I opened my eyes during the meeting and as if I saw evil angels trying to break the prayer session. Friends, there were like 13 of us in that circle. Yeah, I was crying. It's because be- before, before the, the evil angels could reach the circle, I saw each one of you. Surrounded by angels that excel in strength. Friends, God works when his people bows down and pray. Listen, friends, in the book, uh, and, no, in Science of the Times, April 13, 1891, it says, The unity of believers is the evidence to the world of the divine power and the mission of Christ. The unity of believers is to be the evidence. What would be the evidence? The unity to the world of the divine power and the mission of Christ. Did you hear this, friends? This is supposed to be the evidence, not the size of our church, not the programming, or not any ways or means that you could name 
that you could think to reach the world will make it happen. Nothing, friends. Only what Christ has been asking us, has been praying, has been interceding for His church. The unity, my dear friends, evangelism would be powerless without unity. Did you hear this, friends? Evangelism would be powerless without unity. But take it the other way around. What would evangelism look like if there's unity among God's people? Friends, and I've, this is one thing I realize. If we do not heed God's call for His church to be united, it's like wearing fancy clothes, buying all those signature clothes, covering yourself up, but not taking a shower. Isn't that disgusting? Putting all your makeup, but you have not showered for like two years. How many years have we not been hiding, heeding the call of Jesus? That's how many years have we not taken a shower spiritually, friends? We have been moving forward, giving the message, but they could smell you. They could smell something else. My dear friends, if we come and humble ourselves before God and heed the warning, and heed the counsel, friends, I believe a lot of people will be brought closer to the Lord. Amen? And I believe a lot of people are attracted with good smell. <laughs> I... Just imagine walking in a store and you smell a sweet mango or a sweet durian. I know some of you would run away. But friends, this is, this is one thing that you could not hide. The aroma of heaven. And it's so sweet. The aroma of heaven would be so sweet. Sweet smelling in the unity of believers. This should be the mighty argument to convince the world. Did you hear this? This should be the mighty argument to convince the world that Christ is the Son of God, the Redeemer of the fallen men. What is the mighty evidence? It's the unity of His church. It's the unity of the believers in His church. The love existing between believers is to be similar to the love existing between the Father and the Son. Can you imagine a church that looks like this? That we love each other the way Jesus loves His Father, the way the Father loves Jesus, that you'd be willing to lay your life on the line for your brother or your sister? Friends, can you imagine a church like this? Do you desire a church like this? That's a weak amen. Do you desire a church like this? My dear friends, if we want to reach the world, if we want to transform that blue-colored graph into green-colored graph, then we have to listen to Jesus' prayer for the unity of His church. You could not do this any other way. You believe so? We could not complete this work any other way. We may, we may send all our missionaries to go out. If we are not united in Christ, they will not see Christ in us. Even if we have evangelistic series and every evangelistic series, we have all the powerful preachers and when they stay in the church, they smell you. They will leave. They will say, I better take a shower. My dear friends, 
We cannot have this love unless Jesus is abiding in the heart by living faith. If we, as a church, declare to have Jesus in our hearts, then it should be seen in how we deal with one another. It's ha- it should be seen in how we deal and how we look at our leaders. Friends, this unity and love will exist wherever the Spirit of the Lord abides. Can you say amen? Wherever the Spirit of the Lord abides. And this is one amazing thing right now here in this camp because our theme is what? How much more? If we ask for the Holy Spirit, how much more your Father desires to give it to you? That is the only way, my dear friends. That is the only way that we will be molded as one. But we have to be pulverized first. We have to humble ourselves first. We are all broken vessels. Would you agree? And those vessels need to be pulverized. And the water of the Holy Spirit come down that will be turned into mud. That He will mold us again into one. Friends, I remember uh, we went to um, Milwaukee, Wisconsin last, uh, last April, Gabe, isn't it? Last April. And we were as, as ASAP, uh, as ASAP project there in the Hmong tribe, in the Hmong, uh, I mean, congregation. We visited and we, we did some videos. And I heard beautiful testimonies from this, from this Hmong believers. Hmong are from, actually, originally from China, but they have scattered all around Southeast Asia. And some of them moved here in the U.S. And did you know, friends, that U.S. is one of the biggest mission fields? Because there are a lot of, of, uh, of refugees coming to our, to this country. So friends, these Hmong believers are somehow ministering to, to their fellow Hmong. And, uh, when we interview the people who are there, the newly baptized, all they could say is, you know what? The moment we came in here, we somehow sensed love. And there was one uh, lady. She is a newly baptized lady. And, uh, just imagine friends, her husband is, uh, is a Buddhist and an animist. The moment he knew that, that she's going to a Seventh-day Adventist church, to a Christian church, she gave him, he gave her a hard time. And, and this husband somehow informed her family that his wife is thinking of joining a Seventh-day Adventist church and the whole family ganged up on the lady. They gave her a hard time. They pressured her. And then one particular time, they said to the lady, hey, we have to have a, a family gathering and you have to cook for us. Friends, you know an Asian family gathering? It's a whole village. Yes, friends, it's a whole village. So this lady came to the pastor, the pastor Chan Chai, one of our very, oh, he is a blessing. Pastor Chan Chai. And the lady cried to, to Pastor Chan Chai, Pastor Chan Chai, I don't know how to do this. I don't even know. I'm not even an expert cook. And the Pastor Chan Chai said, you know what? Let's bring it to the church. And the church joined in together. The church cooked for this lady's husband's family. And they did not just cook. <laughs> they did not just cook. They presented everything. They arranged a table. They have a program. They have a PA system. And Pastor Chan Chai spoke <laughs> in this meeting. And when the family of the husband came, their mouth were open and just like, what 
he had planned to destroy his wife was somehow turned around into a biggest opportunity for them to hear the word of the Lord. Friends, this, this Hmong individuals, they were, so, they were so shocked. They came in thinking that they will starve because this, this wife, this, this lady here, doesn't know how to cook. But they came out with, with lunch boxes, with dessert and all. Of course, there's rice, friends. They came out filled with physical food and spiritual food. Friends, just imagine if the church acts like that. Whenever there is a situation in a member, let's all gang up together to lift the name of the Lord up. Just imagine how it would look like. Friends, it, it says here, from the book, from Selected Messages, Volume 1, page 386, it says here, Look at the cross of Calvary. Look at what? Look at the cross of Calvary. But <laughs> this is what my addition. Instead of looking at each other or the leaders or even the storm, look at the cross of Calvary. Friends, it says here, Look at the cross of Calvary. It is a standing pledge of the boundless love, the measureless mercy of the Father, of the Heavenly Father. Oh, that all might repent and do their first works. When the churches do this, they will love supremely, they will love God supremely and their neighbors as themselves. My dear friends, we have been looking away from the Lord too much. We have been looking at each other. We have been looking at the calamities. Or maybe we have been looking at the mirror for too long. But what we have missed is looking at the cross. When we do this, it says here, divisions will then be healed. The harsh sounds of strife will be no more heard. Isn't this beautiful, friends? Do you desire this? Raise your hand. There are some hesitation. Yeah. Friends, this should be our desire because this is Jesus' desire for his church. Can we say amen? Oh, when God's people are one in the unity of the Spirit, all parasaism, parasaism, you know what I mean? All of self-righteousness, which was the sin of the Jewish nation, will be expelled from all hearts. And the mold of Christ will be upon each individual member of his body. Wow. The mold of Christ will be upon each and every member of Christ's body. He will make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Friends, can you picture our church with this picture? My dear friends, this would result so much joy. This would result so much joy. Seeing people come to the feet of the cross, to the foot of the cross. I remember 2017 or 18 when we had Pathways to Health. That was GYC and Pathways to Health. And uh, I was assigned in the prayer room. So every morning we come together, all the chaplaincy, all the, the chaplaincy group come together and pray and have a devotional. And after, after that day, I heard from one of, uh, of the volunteers, said, Jem, I have a, a powerful story to tell. So friends, while he was leading out this, this guy, going from, from station to station, because uh, that's, that's what our, our, 
chaplaincy are assigned to do, to pray for those people and to somehow help them out, especially at the exit. And he says here, this guy who was, whom he was helping out said to him, I want to tell you something. All the volunteers here have a glowing light around their head. And the guy said, what do you mean? He said, all the volunteers have a glowing radiating light around their head. And I was astonished, he said, and, and I went to look in the mirror if I had that, that light as well. He said, but you know what? I went and looked in the mirror and said, but I didn't have one. But one day, I will have it. Then he started crying. The guy said, because of what you have done here today, I believe in the Lord again. And this is what we were studying there that day. I was sharing this, this thought from Signs of the Times, February 10. We may have Pentecostal seasons even now. If the people will pray fervently and believe in the promises of God. And when prayer and faith abound among God's people, the world will see a steady light shining forth from them. Friends, did you hear this? Do you want me to read it again? And when prayer and faith abound among God's people, the world will see a steady light shining forth from them. If we want to light the world up, my dear friends, we have to come together. The reason why we are not united because we don't pray together. We don't humble ourselves before God together. Revelation 18 verse 1. The earth was lightened with his glory. We will fulfill that promise, friends. And I love this, this quote before we go into our time of prayer. I always read this. I believe that I share this with you at the beginning of, of this week. This promise blessing, blessing of the Holy Spirit, is made on condition that the united prayers of God's people are offered. Are offered. And in answer to these prayers, there may be expected a power greater than which comes in answer to private prayer. Did you hear this, friends? Private prayer is very important. And we should not neglect private prayer. But as much as private prayer is important, corporate prayer is important. Can you say amen? One cannot do without the other. Friends, let us not neglect coming together. The answer that will come in, in praying together would be more powerful than in answer to the prayer privately. And it says here, the power given will be proportionate to the unity of the members and their love for God and their love for one another. Friends, how much power do you desire for your church to have? It will be proportionate to the unity of the members and their love for God and their love for one another. Friends, I would like to read this thought again, this last line. This unity and love will exist wherever the Spirit of the Lord abides. As we seek for the infilling of the Holy Spirit, as we humble ourselves before the presence of God, my dear friends, God will take His, His place in His throne. And that's the time that God's people will be one. So if there's anything that we should be praying for, friends, let us pray for the unity of our church. Let us pray for the humility of our hearts. Let us pray for the oneness of heart 
in the oneness of mind. Let us fulfill Jesus' desire for his church, that we will all be one. Only the Holy Spirit can make this possible, friends. Only the Holy Spirit can make this happen for our church. No matter what we do in our own strength, we could not make this happen. And the, the good news is, God says, how much more? Shall your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? So as we come before God's presence, let's not ask for anything else right now. We've been asking for a lot of things. Let us ask that we as a church will fulfill the prayer of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Let us pray as a church that we'll take him at his word, at whatever instruction that he has given us, that we will fulfill. The promise will be given if the conditions are met. So, friends, let's gather together. Um, and as uh, we come close to one another, and for those of you who are not able to, to kneel, just, just come closer and take the nearest uh, seats. For those of you who have brought your cushions, brought your jacket, you know this is not a, uh, a soft spot right now. Feel free, friends. Feel free. And let's, let's sing this song. Hymn number 545. Savior like a shepherd lead us. Don't we need God to lead us, friends? Do we need a king of kings, the Lord of lords to lead us? So let us sing this song. Savior, like a shepherd, lead us. Much we need our tender care. In thy pleasant pastures feed us. Lord, prepare. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, Thou hast brought us thine we are. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, Thou hast brought us thine we Before we go into our prayer request, let us spend time praising, praising our God that it serve our praises. In the cross, in the cross, be my glory Till my raptured soul shall find beyond the river. Oh, dear Father, Lord, as we come before your presence this morning, we pray, oh Lord, that you please indict our prayers. Help us, Lord, to respond the prayers of Jesus for us. Help us, Lord, to pray for the unity of our church. Fill me now, fill me now, Jesus, come and fill me now. 
fill me with thy hallowed presence. Come, O come, and fill me now. But friends, let us pray for these last two minutes. Let us pray that the Holy Spirit will be able to mold our hearts in the way that the, that the church would be one. Let us allow the Holy Spirit to use us. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of His Spirit. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Dear Father, we praise you and we thank you that when we have you, we have a story to tell. That the world will know that we are your disciples. Lord, I ask in a very special way. May our eyes be continually fixed upon Jesus, whose eyes is fixed on us. We pray all this in the loving and precious name of your Son, Jesus, all your children say, Amen. To listen to more of these presentations, you may visit the audio archives at misda.org slash audio 2021 or search for Michigan Conference Camp Meeting wherever you get your podcast.